Welcome one and all to Benedettiville. Stelly, you want to say that into the microphone? The microphone's a little crooked right now. There you go. Yeah. Hey. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Stella Jean. I'm not by myself in the studio this week, ladies and gentlemen, listening to Benedettiville Small Town Adventures. It seems like you were because you were the first one talking. Yeah, well, that's because your microphone was sideways, so now that it's straight on and we can yeah, hear you. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, um, you know what? We're not even gonna we're not even gonna beat around the bush. There's a poem and everything. We've got an introduction to do, but let's start first things first here with. <laughs> Sorry, Stella's, uh, she's deep in a book right now, so I don't think she actually heard that, so I'm just going to play it one more time to make sure that she heard it. (laughs) Stella, would you like to tell people the book that you're reading right now, please? It's Dogman Book 2. Dogman Book 2. Can you tell the author? Who is the author of Dogman Book 2? Dave Pilkey. So Dave Pilkey also, you guys probably all know, he wrote the Captain Underpants books. And those are pretty fun. There's a TV show about them. But he also wrote Dogman. So who is Dogman? Dogman is a dog-headed cop. He's a dog-headed cop. He used to be a man who had a dog. But then he became Dogman. Which is good because the dog head is very smart and uh, can solve crimes. Is that my my close? Anyway, there's a nemesis. It's a cat named Petey. And uh, they're quite a bit of fun. So the Benedettiville Book Club has new news this week, which is news in and of itself, ladies and gentlemen, after weeks and weeks of just playing the theme song. Enough of that. But we actually have books to talk about this week. Okay, there's one other book that we need to talk about, and it's a brand new book. Ooh, can you feel that, Stella? It's still hot off the presses. It's so new. This is a book by a really cool dude whose name is John Ag, and we got to meet him once upon a time. Very, very lovely individual. Um, he wrote a book, and it is he's, he's actually written a lot of books. But this book that we're talking about is called The Wall in the Middle of the Book. And we like it. I read it in the bookstore, and now I'm going to bring it home, and we're going to read it as a family. And if you guys would like to take part in the Benedettiville Book Club, then the books to check out, check out Dogman. But maybe don't start on book two. Stella, would you recommend starting on book one with Dogman? She doesn't know. I'm getting it. Yes. Okay, great. Start on book one. You've already read book one one million times. Yeah, like Stella has. Then it's time to move on to book two. So book one of Dogman by Dave Pilkey. It'll be over where the uh, Captain Underpants books are probably. And the other one, John A.G., The Wall in the Middle of the Book. Those are the Benedettiville Book Club books this week. We'll tell you all about them next week when we check in with... Oh man, that's just a, it's a real good time there. Um, so Stella is here in the studio, but she's actually uh, not, not here. She's actually not here in the studio. She is deep inside of another world, which is inside of this book that she's reading. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna talk softly because I don't want to interrupt. You. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to talk softly. It is time for a poem, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the girls, I don't even know how this came up, but we were uh, goofing around in the kitchen the other day. And yes. I was just wishing that this book would have this ending. I don't, don't tell everybody the ending. We just told them to read the book on the book club. If you tell them the ending, there's no I reason to... I told them that I was hoping that I could have Okay, okay, ending. okay. Good. I thought you were, I was worried you were going to give some spoilers. No spoilers. Don't do it. Are you going to turn off your microphone? Don't, don't give away the ending. Okay, uh, I'm trying to talk about the poem. Stella, Stella and Emmeline really came up with the idea for this poem. We were talking about nowhere, and I think I think Stella might have said, "Do you know where nowhere is?" And it was like the idea no, that no, I, 
How did that happen? What did you say? I said, I have an egg, but nowhere to put it. And then you, it was actually you. I did. You said, well, I know where to put it. <laughs> Teamwork, ladies and gentlemen. That's how great things happen. Um, so, uh, yeah. This is a poem that was inspired by nowhere and nowhere. It's a, it's, a, it's a poem full of homonyms. And you're not going to get the full joy of the homonyms because you can't see the words, but imagine you could. You could see all the clever homonyms and homophones that work. Um, this show, by the way, is co-sponsored by homonyms. They, they're a big sponsor on today's show. So um, here we go. Does anyone know where nowhere is, is the name of this poem. And it goes like this. Does anyone know where nowhere is? Can anyone see the sea? Do you recall which witch it was that loved to read in the reeds? If you rode the road to the Barbary Wood, would you follow the prince of the prince? And coming upon the dear, dear within, would you help her to mince the mince? Do you know of a writer who works as a writer, of a maid who made flowers from flower, of a rotten old king who was thrown from his throne at night by a knight of great power? Oh, does anyone know where nowhere is? Can anyone see the sea? And if I should write to two ants and their ants, would anyone know it but me? I don't get it. <laughs> nothing to get. It's just a brilliant, wonderful poem written by your old man. Oh, my goodness. What do they say about the uh, honesty of children? They should. They say something like, uh, it's uh, brutal, something like that? I don't know. Um, well, luckily, we're being saved because it's time for a sponsor. Stella, I'm shutting off the microphones. Let's get the sponsors on here. Here, quiet story time. Hey, Dave, can you turn off the story music? It, it's time to do the sponsor. Yeah, that's Dave, our producer. You guys met him last week. Anyway, uh, thanks, Dave. All right, now, time to get on with the sponsor. Staff at the hospital. I'm also a nurse. 
but otherwise, I'll beat it. So call the Ash in Sonoma County Chapter now. Ash Legion of Sonoma County, you know, I don't think we give them enough credit for all the good that they do, all the average good things that they do. Uh, so, Stella, how's that book? How's that book? I just finished it, and it's awesome. Fantastic. Well, um, I know that I Blue... I think we should go back to the bus car and get them um, right now. Good, good idea. Good idea. Let's go right now. Uh, radio show's over, guys. We're uh, closing things down. we got to get back to that bookstore. We're going to go get books three through... How many books are there? Like five or six. There's a lot of books. If you get into Dogman and you like it, the cool thing is that there's lots of books to read. Um, one of the things, Stella, that we have to do today is uh, I have to let Blue come in. Blue's kind of been really excited about the troll safety stuff that he's been all about with troll season. Hasn't really been that cold, so and it hasn't been cloudy either. So I don't think there's a whole lot to worry about yet, but he's really trying to get people ready for troll season. So he's going to come in and do some uh, troll safety tips. And I know he loves talking to you. So if uh, you can just be patient, I'm going to step out and let them do their stuff. And, uh, yeah, let's see if we can. Hey, Dave, do you have that theme music that uh, that Blue likes to have queued up there? Sure thing, Jill. I'll get it going in two seconds. Uh, great. He's always yelling. Dave, relax, buddy. No need to yell, my man. Uh, all right, so let's uh, let's hear that. Oh man, that is some cool music. Thank you, Dave. That is real cool. You played that for me. Uh, what's going on, Stella? Not much. Hey, you hear that? That's some more funky music. Because when I talk about trolls, I like there to be funky music because you want to like, yeah, you got to have some like energy. You got to be ready when the trolls are out there because like if you put on that tour music that your dad's always talking to, everybody's going to fall asleep. And you can't fall asleep when trolls are after you. Hey, Stella, have you ever fallen asleep with trolls after you before? Many times. What? How? What? How'd you do it? Troll safety tip number four from Stella. If you fall asleep while the trolls are chasing you, this is what you do. Tell them what to do, Stella G. What you do is you hide yourself under all your blankets and pillows. Hide yourself under all your blankets and pillows. Oh, good idea. And then, you're very quiet. Yep, yep. Trolls do not, uh, they don't really like to, like, look for stuff. Or you hold tons of bells in your nose and all that stuff. And then go to sleep. They don't like bells, huh? Nope. Wow. I didn't eat. Troll safety tip number four, ring a bunch of bells. Uh, well, today, for our uh, troll safety feature, getting ready for troll season, I wanted to let everybody in Petaluma know, and I don't know, if you guys don't live in Petaluma, maybe you won't be able to identify with this next tip, but listen up. What's maybe, up? maybe instead of saying ring a bunch of bells, because people might not have bells with them. That's true. So maybe you could say always ring like four or five bells. Yeah, have bells. Good idea. Okay, everybody go out there to the, I don't know where the bell store is, but you Find one five hundred bells. Okay, can I get on to my next thing, Stella? Yep. All right, so here's the deal. If you don't live in Petaluma, you might not be familiar with this, but maybe you have something similar in your town. Now, when you're walking around downtown Petaluma, there's a whole bunch of these big metal things just on the ground. And they look kind of like doorways and gateways. Do you know why they look like that, Stella? It's because they are doorways and gateways down to the troll land. And there's trolls down there. And it's daytime when you walk around, so they be sleeping down there. So listen up. Don't be jumping on those things. They're going to wake them up. I don't want them every day uh, yeah, I know you do. And your dad has been complaining to me because he gets real scared and he has to run away and he's like all running down the road and stuff. So, uh, um, ladies and gentlemen, if you're like Stella Jean or Emmeline and you love jumping up and down on troll doors and stuff and trying to wake up trolls and scare your dad, all your dads have been calling me and they've been leaving messages at my troll offices 
And they're saying, oh, please help me, Blue. I'm so scared of trolls. And my daughters and my sons are jumping all over these troll doors. What can we do? So uh, here's the troll safety tip. Um, don't do that. You know what I mean? Oh, man, there's the real. Dave, you had me word there, man. I thought you were going to leave me high and dry. No way, boy. I knew you would, Dave. Thanks, man. Um, so anyway, just remember that when you're downtown cruising around, man. Just don't jump on that stuff. It's kind of like the don't trip top over bridges. If there's trolls down there, tread lightly. What do you think, Phil? Okay. I just don't want your dad, like, crying to me on the phone anymore. He's just such a big baby, you know what I mean? Don't worry. I'll make him do that for you. Oh, yeah, probably do. Yeah, you probably got all kinds of mischief tricks. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, um, that's it for this week, you guys. Hope you remember your troll safety tips. Watch out for where, uh, watch out for where you're at. And, uh, make sure that you don't jump on the troll gates and doorways. Okay. All right, so long. I gotta, I gotta get out of here. Oh, but you know what I'm going to play before I, before I all the way leave? Uh, Rocco and I were talking about the good old days and some of the music that we made. I want to play you something. Is that cool? Can I do that? Great. Okay, let's do that then. First, let's let the station identify itself. Wait, wait, wait. First, let's hear some funky things. Hey, Jake, turn that up. That is so cool. Listening to Ben KPCA FM. Oh, dude, I love this jam. Hey, Blue, Blue, dude, you gotta come check this out with me, bro. What you got going out here, Rocco? Oh, yeah, man, some of the old jams. You remember this? Of course, I remember this jam, man. Of course, it's like the best drum intro in funk. Jams. Yeah, dude, that drum intro from old Bruce is like top notch, man. Oh, yeah, and we ain't nothing to sneeze at either, man. I love the way that just chilly little keyboard right there. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, well, like, uh, dude, so every time this jam comes out, you, you know what I'm thinking about, right? Oh, how could I forget? It was an epic battle, was it not, man? <laughs> oh, dude, absolutely. How did we even get involved in that battle of the bands? I can't stand battles of bands, you know? Like, dude, let's, like, hang out and get together, right? Oh, yeah, that's what I'm all about, too. But, like, yeah, they just set you up to, like, fight each other. But with music, yeah, it makes no sense, man. Yeah, so, like, a, a battle of the bands, and, like, there we are. And uh, what were some of the other bands on that list? I, the only ones I can remember were uh, Thunderwave. They were, like, kind of a hard rock outfit. And then uh, there was uh, Rainbow Explosion. That band was, like, super positive, but um, yeah, they, like, never really were. Hearse, so like they, they, it wasn't like the best performance, you know. It was that other band. You remember that band, uh, the Truffle Hunters? Yeah, oh, dude, were, the Truffle Hunters. Weird, man, they all came out in like chef outfits, and they they had a pig with them. Yeah, they really got into the name. I I think their music was uh, very strange. Well, yeah. Oh, dude, and then there was us, you know. And, I don't uh, even remember what we were called when we wrote this. I one. believe that at this point in our career, we had settled on the three Funkskateers. Oh, no way, dude. Which was a pretty dynamite name, in my humble opinion. I guess so. Okay, right. And then we show up to Battle of the Bands, and who oh, should be no, there? man. Yeah, but yeah, Bartholomew Higgins and his funk oh. locomotive. Now, like... You know, I'm like, I'm all down for anybody and everybody. Let's make music together. But old Barthy, man. Yeah, Barthy was the worst, man. He was a bad ass. He was a pretty mean guy. I don't have a lot of bad things to say about people, but I certainly got nothing good to say about Barthy, man. But, like, all the way back to, like, grade school, dude, he would, like, steal my dessert from my lunches, and then he would just, like, push me and stuff. 
He like had a mean streak, old Barthy. Oh did. man, I remember one time I was out just walking my dog, and just uh, I didn't know I was going by Barthy's house, but I was. Well, it was winter time, man, no. and he just fall out and sprayed me with the hose. Get out of town! cold. My dog was cold. By the time I got home, man, I had icicles dripping off oh, my my hand and on my brutal. beard. I was so cold, I had to sit in a warm bath for like two hours to warm up, man. Oh. It was. It was not nice. Yeah, and his funk locomotive was not much better. It was like he didn't get so much like musicians to hire for his band as he got like uh, convicted felons and just overall bad dids, you know? I remember like walking backstage and like loading in our stuff, and I think they just like growled or something. Like, oh man, Brucey was coming in with a big like arm full of drums, right? Couldn't see where he was going. One of those dudes just stuck out his foot and tripped a oh, man, banging right. around all over the place. Not cool. But you know, Brucey, man, he keeps his cool. He just looked around and just went, hmm. It put it all back together. But yeah, man, not nice guy. Sure, okay. And then, like, Barthy says, uh, you know, in his, like, uh, sneery little voice, he's like, Hey, guys, so, like, how about we put a friendly wager on this? You know? And uh, we were like, no, dude, it's just like a silly battle of the bands. We just want to play music, you know? And he's like, what are you, chicken? We're like, dude, come off of it. But then his, like, burly bandmates from the Funky Locomotive, like, come up to us and stare us down and start, like, you know, you know, like, uh, when they pound the fist into the hand, you know, how that's, like, the scary thing, like, uh uh-oh, I don't want that to be me, you know? Yeah, so he's like, why don't we wager on this? Loser never plays music in this town again. You know what I mean? And we're like, oh. And these funky locomotive goons just like loom over us. Like, what what are we gonna do? Like, we're either gonna like get demolished or we agree to the wager. But Barthy wasn't the kind of dude to play it fair, you know? Oh, man, you knew he was gonna cheat, you just didn't know how. Right. So, like, uh, uh, so there we are. We're, like, getting ready to go on stage. And all of a sudden, I look at my bass. Dude, there's, like, only one string on it, and somebody has carved into the face of my bass. Like, right there, on the body, through the paint, they've carved... You are lame. Like, oh, who man. would do that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly who would do that, dude. You remember what they did to my keyboard, dude. Somebody had taken, like, a hot glue gun, and they had just sprayed it all over my old keyboard on all the keys. Man, I could only get, like, 10 or 12 of them to even move. Man, they was all stuck together. I couldn't even believe it turned on. I was so happy it even worked. But holy cow, man, how was I going to play on that keyboard? That's crazy. Oh, yeah, man. And, like, how are you going to get, like, hot glue off of your keyboard? <laughs> Am I right? Well, you remember what they did to old Brucey's drums? Oh, yeah, Brucey was not safe from the cheap right. ways of Barthes, like, man. He's missing drums and stuff. And, uh, you know, old Brucey, he, uh, he keeps the mean poker face, you know? So he, like, he doesn't even, like, bat an eye. He just, like, looks around and walks out the door. We're like, dude, Brucey, what are we going to do? We're going on, bro. <laughs> we need your drums, and, uh, man. You know, but he just cruised right out. No problemo. And, um... We're about to go on, and what does he do? He comes back, and he had, like, gone to some farmer or something, and he came back with that cowbell, dude. Talk about saving the day. He's always thinking that Brucey yeah. is. Yeah, so there he is with a cowbell, and we're like, Brucey, what are you doing? Yeah, I've only got, it. like, one string, two strings on my bass. You've only got a few keys that work, and we're like, okay, all right, yeah. like, what are we going to do? And Barthy's over there in the corner just laughing his mean little face off, and his goons are all like, ho, 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 ho. And we're like, oh. Oh, we're going to start. And so, uh, you know, we just kick it in. Yeah, we do, you know? man. There was only one key we could play in because our instruments were so messed up. And, you know, uh, the drums were all goofed up. But, oh, yeah. dude, 
We grooved it so hard. Like we always like, Remember, did, like, those mean old judges? Like, we started a little late. And then the judges were, like, looking. Yeah, and then, oh, yeah. Bam. All of a sudden, they're, like, out on the dance floor, like, cutting a rug. Yeah, you couldn't yeah. stop those guys, man. They were dancing harder than anybody on that dance floor. Yeah. Yeah, dude, we, we got so funky. And that part with the cowbell from old Brucey yeah. was, like, the funkiest thing that I've ever heard. So suck. He's the man, man. Brucey's Yeah, well, like, when we won the trophy that night, yeah, old Barthy was so mad. <laughs> he couldn't believe it. He was so mad. And, of course, because the security cameras had, like, seen everything, yeah, those goons got taken away. And, you know... We didn't have any way to really enforce the crazy bet of, like, you'll never play music in this town again, but um, they all got arrested, so (laughs) they literally never did play music in that town again. It was, like, bad move for them, you know? Yeah, they never even, they were going on for their set, man, and uh, before they could even, like, get that for the note, uh, the police come up on stage. Oh, dude, I totally forgot. That's right, dude. This is part of the show or what? This is kind of weird, but then all of a sudden, you know, uh, they're all Gone. Yeah, they got arrested, man. They're not playing. We all figured it out. Yeah. Oh, you remember how everybody cheated? Dude, everybody, everybody was, was so yeah, happy. they were so stoked, man. Got taken away. They were real bad dudes. Yeah. I tell you what, I don't miss that guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah nobody's missing those guys, man. That's good riddance to bad. Rubbish, oh man, dude, I just love listening to these jams with you, Blue. Oh yeah. Yeah. Really well, bad, uh, until next time, man. Yeah. I'll see you around. Yeah, I'll see you around, Rocco. Hey, thanks for bringing it back, and uh, we should let them get on to the next thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, they should definitely get on to the next thing. I hope the next thing's funky, though, you know? About as funky as that. Yeah. So long, Blue. So long, Rocco. On to the next thing. Wow. I have I had no idea that Blue and Rocco were up to such... Crazy man, the world of music must be a crazy world, especially like puppet music. Because like puppets don't even have hands, how do they play? That's one of the many mysteries about how puppets. They do they just like smash their head on the keyboard? <laughs> I don't know. I've never seen. I've never seen I've footage never of their band. But, uh, you just got to look up the Three Funkskateers puppets, maybe on YouTube. I don't know if they have any videos out or not. That was the band. They, they said that was their band name, so I don't know. But. uh that's what that's what they say. Oh, look at that, Dave. Dave's right on it, man. Hey, thanks, Dave. He's always yelling. Hey, Dave, you know you've got a microphone over there. No, that's broken. Oh, Dave's microphone's broken. Well, hey, Dave, thanks for the story music. It's time to get back to our story. We've been telling a pretty epic to be continued story. We're on part five right now, and this is the story about them and about Josie. And we left our story at the end of last week where Josie had just turned on uh, a TV. And in the TV was a tape. And the tape started playing. And this was like the end of her long series of adventures of seeking the outside assistance protocols. Looking for answers. Really hoping that somebody was going to explain what was going on with the magics. And with the, where did these weird clocks come from in the clock collector's place? And why was she talking to a rat? And all of that stuff. And then, on the tape, there's these two people, and they say that they are her parents, and they're holding a tiny baby, and they say that it's her, that it's Josie. And that's where our story picks up. Josie's sitting in a chair with Sham the rat on her shoulder, and she is watching a tape of her own parents talking to her from ten years ago. Here we go. Them, part five. Holy smokes. This is weird, the man on the screen said, laughing and running a hand through his hair. The woman cooed to the baby that she cradled in her arms. Josie stared at the screen. She stared at her parents. She stared at herself as a baby. Yeah, weird, agreed Josie aloud from the big green chair. The man on the screen, her father, continued. All right, Josie, you're two months old and your little blanket there, and uh, your mom and I... We have to go. And where we're going and how we're going, even why we're going, with them on our tail, well, it's just not, not going to be safe for a tiny baby, okay? Her mom sniffled and cleared her throat. 
She leaned into her father, his arm draped over her shoulders. She held the baby close in her arms. Oh, it's awful, Josie. I want you to know that, that what we want you to know that we do not want to leave you here, but it's just the only way right now, her mom said, obviously holding back tears. Right, we have to leave now, but that's just for now, her dad added quickly. We'll be back as soon as we can be, but in the meantime, you'll be in the best hands you could be in. Say hi, Uncle. And the camera spun around to show very closely the younger but very familiar face of her uncle. He smiled and waved at the camera, his face filling the screen. Hi, Josie, he said. Then the camera spun again to face her parents and the green chair and the room that was inside the clock. And we know how mixed up and rotten it is to leave our most beloved and precious kiddo behind when she's only two months old, her dad said. So we're making this video so that when the time's right, hopefully... You'll get some answers as to why your childhood was so weird and crazy. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you're wondering why we weren't around. You're going to have a ton of questions, kid, and you deserve answers. You deserve a lot, her mom added, but this is all we can do right now, so we're doing it. And it's not fair to try and explain your life to you in a video, but it's the only choice that we've got. Please, Josie, please don't be mad. We'll explain it as best we can, but through everything. Please know that we love you and we love you so much and we're just trying to find a way to keep you safe. Her mom looked down at the little bundle in her arms. We just want you to be safe. So, it's a total bizarre mess and there's no great place to start, so I'll just kind of jump in here, Josie's dad said. Hey, we're magic. Your mom, me, you too. We're all magic as magic can be. Here, watch this. And her dad extended his right arm and snapped his fingers. A bright golden flame sprang into existence around his snapped fingers. Stop it! Josie's mom scolded, turning towards him and pulling his arm down. Don't sense it! The flame changed colors as she spoke. Oh, it's just a teeny little flame, her dad said. But he did drop his arm and the flame disappeared instantly. Pretty crazy, eh? Magic is amazing, Josie, and it's wonderful, and you'll learn all about it, and you'll be a whole heap more powerful than your mom and I someday. But, Josie, her mom continued, they can sense magic on this world. We don't know how they do it yet, but they know when magic is being used, and they can tell where it's being used. You have the most powerful magic potential I've ever felt anywhere, but you'll have to live without even knowing about it for as long as we can hold out, for as long as possible, or they'll find you. Right, her dad said, they them all. They are just the worst, kid. They hate magic. They've been at war with magic for eons, for centuries. They hate what it does, what it means, what it has done, what it could do. They've been trying to destroy or control magic and all of us magic users for as long as any of us can remember. They want to keep every world separate and isolated and then, one world at a time, they try to eliminate the magic use on everything that they control and they, they try to eliminate the magic users, too. <clears throat> interrupted Josie's mom. Uh, you're getting a little ahead of yourself, Cal. She looked at the camera. We're not from here, Josie, and I don't mean this town or this state or this country or even this planet or the solar system. We're not from this world at all. Of all the amazing and wonderful things that magic can do, it can also connect worlds to infinity, Josie! Endless lives and creatures and adventures and mind-goggling possibilities on endless worlds! Her father broke in joyfully. Oh, Josie, the multiverse is a wonderful, beautiful place. We can move through it with magic. It's a way to travel, to communicate. It's the only thing that's consistent between everything and everywhere. And that's why they hate it so much, her mom interrupted again. They see magic as unnatural and dangerous, and so, world by world, they try to destroy it. Magic and those that use it. She shuddered and hugged the baby Josie tight. And that's why we have to leave, kiddo. Dad said, This goofy, backward, charming, superstitious, ignorant, beautiful planet is just about totally controlled by them. Our job was to try to turn the tide, but they've been here too long and they've grown so powerful. It's been so difficult here, Josie. This is the first time they've been able to sense our magic use and we've been hiding and moving and to do it with you, our little baby. Oh, it's been terrifying in a whole new way. They've found us again, Josie. Out there, outside this clock, they're probably gathering as we make this video. They're closing in, and your mom and I need to leave in a hurry. And we just can't risk taking you along into the dangers that are ahead of us. 
Josie's mom was crying softly in the video, her face buried in her father's jacket. Josie was crying too, watching from the green chair. She just couldn't help it. That's why you'll be staying with Uncle. He'll take you far from this place and he'll bring you up and teach you everything that can be taught to keep you safe from them. He's the best there is on any world, but he won't teach you any magic. He's not even going to tell you about it, and he's not going to tell you about us either. That's the only way we can think of to try and keep them away from you. Her father was getting all choked up too now. We won't even know where you'll be, her mom added. They are cunning and clever, and they are devious. We can't risk knowing anything other than Uncle will keep you safe and raise you to be the strongest, cleverest, bravest girl that there ever could be. That's why we're making this video, kid. It's simple. It's basic technology. Nothing that they can find or trace. There's no magic. Nothing fancy, her father said. Like we said, I hope your mother and I can make it back soon, and I hope this video is just like a silly thing that we bring out on holidays and we all get a good laugh at. Me too, her mother whispered. But we have to be ready for anything. Prepare for the worst, and you'll always be ready. That's something your uncle says all the time. So we're leaving this video. And if you're watching this in the green chair here, and her dad kicked the chair behind him gently, the very chair that Josie sat in now, then we didn't make it back and you're probably in trouble. They have managed to control just about every magical way in or out of this world, Josie. There's no easy or safe way out anymore, except for one, her mom said. It's you, Josie, her dad said. Holy smokes, but you are the most powerful little magic supercharged little peapod that anyone's ever seen. You're a powerhouse, kid, and even though you don't know it, and even though you can't use it yet, with a little bit of the right kind of help, you can bust right out of there. And so we left you something, her mom said. It's the doorknob. Oh, it's amazing, Josie, her dad said. It's the most incredible thing your mother's ever made, and she's made a lot of incredible things. It's a masterpiece. It's a gate maker, kid. Stick it on a doorway, open it up, and it'll take you anywhere. Uh, Cal, please, her mother said, smiling. It can take you anywhere, Josie, so be careful. Before you turn the handle and open the gate, Make sure you're focused on exactly where you want to go. We, we don't know where that will be, but one of the agents will be there to help, either Uncle or someone else. Or some rat else, Sham, the rat, whispered into Josie's ear. If you have to go, Josie, if you're watching this as some sort of emergency protocol action plan or something that your uncle put together, take some of the books with you, her dad said. Maybe the menagerie over there, that'll be useful, or the beginning of the fire magic book. Grab them. They'll come in handy in the multiverse, for sure. And take this tape, Josie, her mom added. I'll, I'll feel better if we're with you, even if it's just a, for, a, like, this silly video. Oh, kiddo, her dad exclaimed, his eyes welling up. We love you, Josie. This is a real rotten way for things to go, and we know it. But we love you. We'll find you. And if you're headed out here into the big beyond, the outworlds, into the multiverse, we will find you. Love you, kid. Be safe. Josie's mom, carrying the baby Josie in her arms, walked up to the camera. And when she was very close, she smiled through her tears. We love you, Josie. You're amazing. And I'll miss you tons. And she leaned in and kissed the camera. The camera saw the lips come close, darkening the screen. Josie heard a big, sweet, kissy sound, and then... Off. The video was over. story. Getting pretty intense. Alright, we'll, we'll do another little part of that, but first, first let's lighten the mood, huh? Holy mackerel. Alright, well first, I'm sure you don't even remember what you're listening to, so we're going to have to remind you of who you're listening to, and then maybe we can hear another word from our sponsors. Alright, let's see what we can do here. Dave, Dave, there we go. Kill the story music, great. And then let's do one of those station IDs. Which one do you want to do? Uh, let's do the one where they do like KPCA, Petaluma. I like that one. You got it, buddy. KPCA, Petaluma. Thank you.
back to the story, alright? The video has just ended. Josie's in the room inside the great-grandfather clock. And our story continues. The room was quiet. There was an ambient buzz from the VHS machine that was still playing the tape. A hiss from the TV screen as the blank remainder of the tape played through the speakers. Josie sat in the green chair, crying quietly. Her heart was aching in a way she had never experienced before. The revelations of the video were like bulldozers and band-aids through her entire idea of her life. Everything she knew had been dug up by the bulldozers of magic and worlds and them and her loneliness, her isolation, her questions, her hurting and frustrated heart had been given some sweet and soothing medicine. Because somewhere out there, Josie had parents. And they loved her, and they missed her. Sham was crying too, but not so quietly. He blew his rat nose using Josie's hair as a handkerchief. Ew! Laughed Josie. Sorry, it's just it's so beautiful. That is so sad, kiddo. Oh, jeez, Louise. It's crazy. It's so crazy. Totally crazy. This is crazy. Josie said, standing up. It was bizarre as could be, the entire story, the video, the ideas that her parents had shared, but as bizarre as it all was, as totally unbelievable as everything had been for the last two days, these were the perfect fitting puzzle pieces into the bizarre jigsaw puzzle that her life had become. Her questions were answered, not in any way that she could have expected, but in ways where everything made sense, where her presence time made sense, where her past made sense, and her future had sense and purpose. Stay safe. Find her folks. There were, of course, a host of new questions, but these questions felt like mysteries to uncover, and not like frustrating secrets that people had kept from her. And Josie knew how to uncover mysteries. She got up, ejected the tape, and put it in her backpack. She sank back into the green chair and pulled the doorknob out of the emergency kit. It was a beautiful piece of art. Intricately carved shapes and symbols rippled and curved their way across the entirety of the mechanism. Josie held it in her hands, happy to be holding something that her mother had made. She walked to the bookcase. No, she didn't. She was holding the doorknob in her hands, twisting it feeling the designs under her fingers when there was a loud pounding at the door. Josie, Sham, it's Jerry. You gotta get out of here quick, and I do too. They're, they're all over the outside of the store. Looks like they're getting ready for something big. They've got some kind of big-looking tank thing out there. You gotta get out of here. 
Josie ran to the door. What about you, Jerry? You, you can come with us. Ah, oh, don't worry about old Jerry, came the scratchy voice on the other side of the door. My clock collection and I have a way to get out. We'll be fine. Just you guys, get out quick. But we will. Thanks, Jerry, Josie called. So long, Jerry, squeaked Sham. Josie ran to the bookcase now and grabbed an abbreviated menagerie of the multiverse and Yendla's practical fire magic for beginners and stuffed the two books into her backpack. Then she ran to the strange, doorless, hingeless, knobless doorframe on the wall. Where are we going, Sham? asked Josie, holding the doorknob. Oh, we're going home. Well, to my home, anyway, said Sham. If they've already found us and they're outside, then there's no harm in using a bit of magic, right? So here, let me put my hands on your eyes for a second. Josie turned her head towards the rat on her right shoulder. Sham began to squeak and do a little sing-song chant, and he placed his paws gently on Josie's closed eyelids. In a flash, a bright, clear vision leapt into Josie's brain as though she were staring at it with her own eyes. It was a town nestled between hills, traffic winding in and out of the building, spaceships flying through the air along with the road traffic, and everywhere, rats. Sham released his paws. Josie opened her eyes. That's where we're going? Yeah, said Sham. So focus, and let's get out of here. A series of dull pounds and shouting could be heard through layers of doors and walls. They were trying to get into the shop. Josie blocked out the noise and focused. She set the flat side of the doorknob against the wooden panels near the doorframe edge, where a doorknob should have been. There was a soft sucking sound and then a click, and the doorknob was somehow held firmly in place. Josie took a deep breath and recreated the image that Sham had shared with her as closely as she could in her mind's eye. The doorknob felt warm in her hands. She couldn't explain what was happening or how she knew, but she could tell it was time to open the door. She twisted the knob and pulled the door open. Light poured into the small, dark room with the TV and the chair. Josie and Sham gasped as, through the doorframe, they looked out on a beautiful, sunny day. Green hills rolling down towards a bustling town, a small city, really, and flying and driving traffic of all kinds sped along, over and around them. More loud shouts and crashes came from beyond the doors and the walls towards the shop. Home, sweet home, said Sham happily. Come on, kid. Sham hopped off of Josie's shoulders, scampered to the ground, across the doorway's threshold, and into the world beyond. Josie surveyed the little wood-paneled room one more time. So long, Earth, she whispered. She popped the doorknob off the outside of the door, clicked it onto the inside of the door, and with another deep breath, one hand on her mother's magical doorknob and the other holding tightly to the shoulder strap of her backpack. She followed Sham into the light, into the grass, and the world beyond. She pulled the door closed behind her. The doorknob popped off in her hand, and the gate disappeared. Cars zipped around her. Spaceships zoomed over her. Rats rushed hither and thither, wearing all sorts of fashions that looked sometimes familiar, sometimes outlandishly bizarre. Josie towered over the cars, the town, and the landscape. Sham crawled up and perched on her shoulder, a broad grin on his little rat face. Welcome to my world, kid. To be continued. Dun, 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 dun. To be continued in 25 seconds. Sorry. To be continued in one week's time. Ah, those are the Rivertown voices letting you know what station you're listening to and what town we are broadcasting from. You're listening to KPCA-LP from Petaluma, California. And um, we're going to have to go in a little bit, but before we go... We had an experience uh, the other week. We were driving, and we saw a new strip mall where a bunch of old shops used to be. I think we were driving through downtown Sebastopol. Am I right, Stella? And it reminded us of a song that we know so well. And double whammy connection, the chorus of this song happens to be about homonyms. Not really, but that's how we like to sing it. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you corner store.
Jonathan Richmond with Corner Store. That's a, that should be the anthem of Sonoma County, ladies and gentlemen. Let's keep that one near and dear to our hearts. Um, that music means that, Stella, do you know what that music means? Set that music down, means that. What, what did your voice sound like? That music, Father, means that it's the end of the show. Oh, Stella. Yes, that's exactly what it means. Stella's looking at me with, uh, I wish I could show you guys the eyes that she looked at me with when I tried to do her voice. Sweet, kind eyes that said, Dad, you're ridiculous. Anyway, that's the end of the show, you guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll be here next week, Sunday at 3 p.m. on KPCA 103.3 FM. We're streaming live also, by the way, at kpca.fm. Thanks to our sponsors, Captain Hominem. And butter. (laughs) Big thanks to Blue and Rocco, of course, and to my amazing co-host Stella Jean. We'll see you guys. See you guys next week. Thanks so much for tuning in. We love you. Take care out there.